We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep Podcast. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, and I am joined by the busiest man in Oshkosh over the last month with work and Wisconsin Herd stuff. He is back, Ty Windish. Feels like it's been a while. It does. I've been really missing these uh, our trans now continental chats, but uh, I'm excited to be back. You know, got some Herd stuff to share, which is interesting. Actually covered another entire basketball league, the uh, Wisconsin Glow uh, Women's League, hoping to become the next G League, had their finals. The Glow finished an undefeated season here in Oshkosh this last week. So I have been busy, but the whole time, secretly, just wishing I was doing this instead of all those other things. So I'm glad to be back on the podcast, bud. Yeah, I, uh, it's 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 weird. I was thinking about it. It's already the middle of August, so... <laughs> We, we were talking, you know, when the season ended about how we were going to, you know, run this podcast through the offseason. And I feel like we've already made it through. It's, we're, we're already at the point where uh, things are just going to be uh, crazy from here on out till hopefully for, for Bucks fans June uh, next year because uh, the schedule is out. And we are going to touch on that in just a second, a few little uh, points that we, we both saw from that. But um, obviously, national team basketball is tipping off in the next well it sort of already has tipped off but it's going to get uh, pretty serious over the next couple of weeks so uh I, I don't know i mean i guess this is what happens when the, when the team makes a deep playoff run you feel like it, it really never ends yeah yeah it's uh it's crazy you know i talk i have a lot of uh friends who follow the cavaliers and uh definitely close with uh justin rowan and carter rodriguez who do the uh i guess our cavalier sister show here on the blue wire network the chase down and 
you know, when I talk about the the Cavs run there for those four or five years, four years with LeBron, you know, it's obviously you look back on the title, everything is worth it. But there was certainly a, just a, you can feel the exhaustion in their memories of the entire thing, just especially Carter and Justin, who like, like us were doing the podcast all the way through just from covering it all, not really getting sustained breaks. You know, like you said, our break is basically over here, at least close to over. And, uh, you know, there's, there's all, all the emotions of, like, the individual moments are there, but there's definitely a bit of a, like, there's just a torrid pace things happen at if you're a contending team in the NBA. And, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of complaining here a little bit from my perspective. Imagine being a player, like, how much time did Giannis get off before he's all of a sudden reporting to Greece to lead their national team? I mean, Giannis being Giannis probably doesn't want any time off, but still, it is it is wild the the cycle of the year for these these NBA players, especially the ones who go on to uh, play in these national tournaments or international, I should say. Yeah, and I, I think it is for the most part pretty strategic by the NBA. I mean, when you really think about it, if they want to keep momentum going right through. Even to little points like the like the awards night that happens after the season is all about just keeping basketball in, in the news and at, at the forefront. And generally, uh, August really is the absolute dead time. But again, this this year in August we get to watch, um, you know, really the, the the best players in the Bucks roster play. And we'll get to that a little later. And we can talk about whether we think that's a that's a good thing or not, or how that makes uh, you feel, or how you should feel about that. But yeah, the schedule comes out a couple of days ago, and. Uh, Probably and look, everyone. This is this is not news to anyone, but uh, thirty-four national TV games, and I I do I will say, it, it is thirty-four national TV games. I do feel like the NBA TV games are kind of fake national TV because you know only a small section of people actually really watch those ones. But um, it, it is pretty incredible to, to think about it from that point of view, from where the Bucks have come from, uh, and, and a couple of other big points. And one thing I certainly noted out. Uh, noted on on Twitter was that was the start. It's a tough start for the Bucks, and and when you think last year, um, with the expectations coming in, really a brand new roster, uh, new coach with with Bud. Um, I, I think we didn't really know what to expect from this Bucks team coming in. They obviously started out seven and zero, you know, really incredible start, and, and gained momentum for there for the regular season. Uh, this year, ten of the first fifteen are on the road, and that includes trips to Houston. Boston, the Clippers, Utah, and also they will travel to Indiana in that stretch and, and take on Malcolm Brogdon and, and Pacers. So, uh, you know, I, I think that this start is going to be a pretty difficult one. Um, certainly looks so on paper. Yeah, it is. But I don't know. I think personally, it's. I, I don't. I don't think it's horrible to start the season off difficult because. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's like when I eat like a meal, this is a, I'm going in a kind of obscure. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Welcome back. You know what? I miss this. We didn't have any of this uh, type of content in the last couple of episodes. So I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. When I eat a meal, this is a very, this is like a, this is a very, like I always do this. I content, uh, this is a concentrated effort on my part. Like if I eat a meal, that's like a few different things on the plate, right? Like I like to get the worst stuff out of the way first and then finish with the best stuff. I always do this. I don't know why I don't, it's like some little part of my psyche that's just insists that I do this, but I always do that. So like, I kind of have a little bit of everything. Okay. Okay. 
I'm going to save this potato salad. Let me get rid of this corn on the cob first. I'm going to go with my burger. Then I'll get the potato salad at the end. I don't know why. That's just what I do. So that's kind of my schedule preference as well. You know, get the, the tough stuff out of the way. You know, a, a, a team as good as the Bucks should certainly be able to handle, you know, a tough stretch in the schedule. I mean, this is a team that I think we both agree can contend for a title. If you're going to, you know, have those expectations, you need to be able to beat top-notch opponents over and over again in a row. That's what the playoffs is. So I'm never too worried about a schedule run. And I know looking at, uh, I believe, I forget who put this together, so I'm stealing someone's content. I saw it on Twitter, but they took the Vegas over-unders for every opponent to, and then applied it to the schedule to see whose were the easiest and hardest. And both halves of the Bucks were pretty relatively easy. I mean, this first stretch aside, but I would rather get the hard stretches over with early anyway. And I'm, I'm not worried about any individual stretch too much, but certainly ending the season on an easy note makes it even, even easier to get ready for the playoffs. You're not as worried about maybe resting some guys because you know you can pick up wins, even if one or two of your main rotation players might not be going 100%. No, I mean, I, I don't. I, I certainly don't disagree with that. And, and another point that I that I have made uh, is, is that the Bucks, compared with some of these other teams, and some of these other teams, they're going to play. You talk about Houston on on opening night. That's that's the season opener for the Bucks. But then uh, the Clippers and and the Jazz and and all these teams are integrating new pieces. Um, and, and I think we've seen in the past that that can take some time for those teams to really get rolling as they figure out what they're really trying to do. So. Um, the Bucks are going to come back pretty much the same roster, really. I mean, they, they, they brought back all the key pieces. Obviously, Bud now is in, coming into his second season. And yes, I expect the Bucks going to tweak some things on, on both ends. But essentially, the Bucks know what they're doing and they're familiar with each other. And I think that that uh, could certainly uh, lend itself to some, uh, to some early season wins against some of these better teams. And, and as I just said, <laughs> coming up against... Uh, Westbrook and Harden, uh, the first time we're going to see them in a regular season game against the Bucs is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be entertaining, that's that's for sure. That team in general, I mean, not to get too sidetracked on the whole NBA, but just seeing how those pieces really end up fitting and, and how Mike D'Antoni is able to kind of fit them together, I mean, I think people are wildly sort of distant in how they view this Rockets team. You know, a lot of people saying, oh, it's two chuckers, it won't work, they don't play enough defense. But, I mean, two very talented players, so there's certainly some upside there. But that's a team, certainly. You know, you mentioned continuity. Whenever you can get a, a very new-look team early in the schedule, that feels like a win before that team really gets clicking. I mean, maybe by March, Harden and Westbrook have perfect chemistry, but they might not have had everything figured out already by the beginning of the season. Yeah, for sure. And and that, so that, that, that will be something to watch. And, and look, we, we've spoke about... Um, you know, our, our sort of win totals and our, our predictions that I am probably uh, a little lower than most. And when I say lower, I'm still thinking this team is a 54-55 win team. But I just think over the course of the regular season, uh, teams are going to come to play against the Bucks from, from opening night. And, and, and also, Bud's going to try some different things. You hope Giannis uh, potentially might give himself a, a, a bit more rest and, and those types of things that he's already spoke about. So uh, it's going to be an interesting regular season. But I think for the first time, in a very, very, very long time, uh, we are going into a season uh, with with the Bucks not thinking about the regular season. We're thinking about uh, not even the first round, not even the second round. We're thinking about late May and, and into June. So it's a completely different ballgame uh, for the Bucks. But another uh, note uh, from the schedule is, is the Christmas Day game 
at Philadelphia. That's going to be a 1.30 central tip. Um, so uh, everyone can, you know, they don't need to be eating their breakfast cereal while, while watching the uh, watching watching the Bucks this year on Christmas. They get the second game. And while we probably would have loved to have seen uh, that game in Milwaukee, and I think, you know, having a game at Fiserv uh, made a lot of sense, uh, it's still is still a very cool thing to see the Bucks playing on Christmas. And against Philadelphia, really, uh, this is a team that we think is going to be the number one rival. Yeah, I think that's going to be an absolutely epic game. I think they totally – the schedule makers totally nailed that one in terms of getting a good Eastern Conference game on there. And can we just all take a moment to say no Knicks finally? Uh, I thought Bucks Bucks at Knicks seemed like a great – well, not a great idea, but just like a great fit from what we've seen from Christmas games in the past because you get – I mean, I would say probably the the best player, one of the biggest draws in the conference in Giannis in the garden where, you know, it's it's known he loves playing there. All the promos could pull out his quotes about enjoying playing there in front of the big audience and everything else. But no, the Knicks get left off finally. And instead we get Bucks at Sixers, which like you said, I mean, should be an absolutely great game. It feels like great games are prioritized this year. Uh, I mean, the Raptors somehow ended up on there, but whatever. But still, I mean, it's uh, – and then the Raptors aren't bad, but certainly not a marquee team, I don't think. But should be at least the second game, the, the Bucks game, that we're really the most concerned with. I think that's going to be an awesome contest. I mean, we know Giannis will be a little extra amp to throw down. I'm sure Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and I don't know if Al Horford really gets all that amped, but certainly Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons will be ready to go as well. So it should be a, a lot of fun. I mean, I'm uh, certainly looking forward to sitting down and watching that on Christmas. Yeah, and, and you did sort of uh, uh, touch on it there. An interesting point is that this is the first time that these two teams will meet. So, uh, as you said, uh, this is the first time these these guys have uh, squared off uh, in Philadelphia uh, since that, that, obviously, that night with the most violent act anyone has ever seen in the history of uh, the sports world. So, uh, <laughs> this is going to add in a little bit of spice to that. I'm sure uh, Bledsoe will uh, be looking forward to getting back in there. I think it's safe to say that uh, these teams don't like each other, and and I think that's the case, you know, against most of the the top teams in the East. The Bucks have such a uh, competitive roster, obviously led by Giannis. But yeah, this one's going to be really fun. I already cannot wait for that one. And it's interesting to note uh, with the Sixers, actually, as I said, that's the first time they will meet. Uh, they will play twice in February, and then uh, again, uh, very very late in the season in April, which again is one of those matchups that. Maybe it's uh, just still, uh, you know, deciding a, a number one seed. So while those late season matchups are sometimes throwaway uh, games, you never know. That might actually mean something. So uh, they will play the Sixers four times this year. And uh, probably the only other really, really just noteworthy thing on, on the schedule is obviously uh, the game in Paris uh, against uh, the Charlotte Hornets. So. Uh, that game is on the 24th of January. And it's kind of interesting to me because I always thought that these international games, and there's been a lot of talk, particularly over here in Australia, that why can't they play a game in Australia? And obviously it's a lot further away uh, than Europe, but I always felt like there was an opportunity to put those games around the All-Star break. And of course, there's going to be some players that are going to be a part of All-Star weekend, and that still throws up some complications. But it, it makes things interesting for the Bucks because they will end up only playing uh, two games in a 10-day span uh, right in the, in, in the heart of January, which is obviously a pretty unique uh, schedule for, for the, the, the always crazy regular season. Yeah, it's going to be a, a weird one for sure, but I think... 
I don't know. See, I, I want to say I think the the Bucks wouldn't mind that. Obviously, it's nice to get everybody rested up a bit, but I don't know. I think from everything we've heard, and I mean you've heard firsthand from the locker room, I don't know if the players really do appreciate that kind of a layoff in the middle of the season. I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm thinking more. I guess uh, comments like when they swept the Pistons and they were waiting to play the Celtics. I guess maybe with the with the intensity being lower in the regular season, it won't be as bad. I'm not sure. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the players and the team's response to that weird scheduling quirk is going to be? Well, I think they're going to have a lot of fun, first of all, on the trip. So I think the trip itself will be exciting. But I think you're right because they, they do prefer to continually, uh, you know, two days off is, is a nice break. Um, but uh, having those three days off, then playing, including the travel, then another three days off, uh, it, it's probably not ideal for them. But the, the big thing for me, why this becomes so interesting is because they're still going to play 82 games. So if you have that many days off somewhere along the schedule, you're going to have a really busy stretch. And if you look at the November schedule, uh, between November 14 and let me just look at this, all the way through to December 18, so it's over a month where the Bucks won't get more than one day off in a row and they have uh, four back-to-backs in that stretch as well. So, um, you know, if you're going to have that many days off at some point in the schedule, it's going to bite you somewhere else. And that's definitely the stretch from really from uh, the middle of November right through to the middle of December. They're playing every second day at least with back-to-backs in there. So that in itself is, is going to be, you know, particularly early in the season, that's going to Take a take a fair bit out of this this team with uh, with a lot of travel, even though um, there is it is a home heavy schedule. That's true. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a, a real pain for the Bucks. You know, it's it's a lot like selling online. Getting your orders out can be a real pain, and that Kane is why you need ShipStation.com. You know, you're on the road. You don't have two days in a row. Uh, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks shipping things. You know, you know about ShipStation because it's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders no matter where you're selling. Amazon, Etsy, your own website, maybe even Bucks.com. I doubt that. Don't take that part seriously. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. It also helps you get orders out quickly. You can save money on shipping costs, and you can keep your customers happy. Right now, Eurocept listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days. That's a long time. That... Does that get you to the regular season from here? Pretty close. No, probably not. No, uh, it, it won't. But it's going to get you. It's going to get you while and truly into some uh, preseason yeah. games. Yeah. For sure. So sixty days, a long time. That's how much you can get ShipStation for for free when you use promo code Blue B L U E, like the Blue Wire Network. There's no risk. You can start your free trial. It's underlined red. That's how free it is, without even entering your credit card info. That's what I call zero risk. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. You can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You will ship more in less time with the best rates available. All you have to do is visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. Make ship happen, Kane. Uh, hey, there's no one in the world that's, that's happier that you are back to do those ad reads. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you know, I don't get a lot of criticism from my friends for, for the podcast. Most of the time, it's pretty positive feedback, but they were not happy with my ad reads. They said I was like stumbling through it. I didn't seem uncomfortable doing that. 
And uh, particularly when I had guests, I was like, I, I felt like I had to explain to them, listen, I'm really sorry about this. This is not normally what I do. Tire takes control of this. So, uh, you know, apologies for how, how awkward this is going to be. But, yeah, that's uh, – I'm glad to have you back, my friend. That's uh, That was very well done. But we actually and, – and part of the reason why you've been away is you've been doing a lot of stuff with the herd and the herd uh, have a coach. And I think I can I can let you run with this and, and talk us through – um, a little bit about uh, Chase Buford and, and what we should expect. Yeah, Chase Buford, uh, I will say the first thing I kind of noticed uh, in talking to Chase, and I did get a little individual conversation with him. I wrote about it in the Oshkosh Herald where I do my herd beat writing. Uh, you know, I'll cover, I'll cover you know, events here and there until the season. Like, obviously, I covered his, his intro presser. I'll probably, hoping to cover the local player tryouts. That's always a fun event every year, you know, and Literally, someone like you or I, except better than you or I at basketball, could try out to make the herd. But um, I'll be doing weekly articles for the Herald once the season starts uh, in full. But anyway, um, but the one thing I did notice from talking to Chase, talking to other people within the herd, is everybody is like pretty visibly excited about this. And I, I, not just like they're not saying they are. I could really feel some palpable excitement uh, from the people I talked to and, and just in the room itself, which... I mean, not to be a, a Debbie Downer about the herd. I mean, everyone knows they've gone like 33 and 67 or something over two years, but it, it's pretty unlike most of the things I'd felt before. I mean, Chase is young. Uh, I believe he's 30 years old square um, and doesn't have really any head coaching experience. He's been an assistant on G League teams. He's been an assistant, you know, uh, on NBA teams as well with the Bulls, with the Erie City Bayhawks. And I think with the Bulls in the G League last season was his most recent uh, stop. But he seems ready to go. Uh, he knows Bud, which I think is important. I noted that in my first piece just because, you know, Jordan Brady, uh, you know, all the, the pluses and minuses about him, one of the minuses certainly was he was not brought in by Coach Mike Budenholzer. He was not a Budenholzer guy. And although he, you know, the the word was that they were going to run the Bucks system, I know, Myself and people I talked to, you didn't really see that much of a resemblance. It, it didn't really fit. Um, you know, Chase talking to him right away about what kind of bud team he's going to look like. I brought up both the Bucks and the Hawks and kind of suggested, hey, I think, and I, I didn't say I think, but, it, you know, do you expect this team more to look like the Hawks just because there's no Giannis on the roster here in, 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 the, in the herd, unfortunately for you? And he kind of laughs and goes, yeah, it's been, it's been funny because. I'll be picking Bud or whoever's brain about the offense and what, what they run up there. And he goes, yeah, well, at this point, we just give it to Giannis. And I'm wondering, well, what, what am I going to do at that point, which was, uh, which was funny. But, you know, he does, uh, he does seem to have a plan, uh, a better plan uh, to sort of, in his words, make everyone look a little bit more like Giannis, which, you know, I, I don't think they're going to look like Giannis too much, but – uh, just utilizing spacing more to create openings for everybody to make plays. Uh, certainly, I talked to both Chase and uh, other folks in the herd. I can tell you they're looking at having more of a stretch five feel going into the year. Uh, they want everyone shooting threes, one through five. I know last year, not really what was going on. I mean, Christian Wood could shoot a bit. I mean, he was doing his best honest impression for a lot of the season, to be honest. But <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you said that. When you said you don't have – when you were talking about what the herd does, I was going to say, yeah, they give the ball to Christian Wood and then he does whatever the hell he wants. That, that was literally the role he was playing there. But that anyway, was. Continue. Yeah, but I mean really like 
you can that's like it's I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out but because i really don't think that although he he does he does have some Giannis moves but the offense did not look the same as the bucks because i mean you and i both know when the bucks offense is going well it's not just give the ball to Giannis and kind of just watch him do stuff i mean everyone sh- the ball should be moving more and everything else that was not happening last year with the herd uh, i expect that to happen more i think that's gonna be more of a focus but um you know, it's just uh, – it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see uh, more threes shot. I mean, the Herd wasn't a good or very willing three-point shooting team last year. Like I was saying about the fives, I mean, Christian Wood could shoot a little bit. Uh, you weren't really seeing much shooting from the rest of the uh, centers in Wisconsin. And just the spacing and passing really for most of the time was not great. I mean, that's how you end up losing 60-some percent of your games. But I, I don't know. I, I really do think that there's going to be a, a better feeling around the team this year. I certainly think – Having Frank Mason to start off is going to help a ton as one of the two-way guys. Uh, Cameron Reynolds also a knockdown shooter, so that's a good start for the spacing there. But I, I think that's I think we're going to see a better herd team this year. At least you know before seeing the whole roster and and them play together. I mean, just the very early perspective from mine is that I think that they are going to be a little bit more on task going forward. Yeah, I, I can certainly say that. And he's, he's uh, when you talk about the relationship he has with Bud, uh, was a scout with the Hawks going back to uh, 2012, also did some video intern work after that. So, yeah, so he, he's got a relationship with Bud. Uh, and, and clearly Bud, you know, when you go back to his relationship with the Spurs, R.C. Buford being uh, Chase's dad as well, the GM of the Spurs since 2002. So um, I, I just think that you're starting to see all these relationships. And I, I think this was one of the things that we were really excited about uh, going back, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 months when Bud jumped on board with the Bucks was that uh, we knew that he came uh, for, with, with a really good experience and from a, a, the great Spurs tree that, that we always talk about. So um, uh, I think that we saw last year, even though the results didn't quite – uh, come on, on on the on the box score, we saw from being around the box and being around the herd that the communica- communication lines were open and Bud always spoke about the G League uh, glowingly in terms of how important that can be uh, for the entire franchise in not only uncovering talent, being able to send guys back from the Bucks uh, to the herd and, and know that they're going to be still working on the things that the Bucks coaching staff want them to work on. So uh, I think it is difficult to run the, 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 you know, the real similar systems in, in, in all capacities. It's just not going to happen. Uh, talent obviously is, is a big, um, you know, challenge there when you, when you're trying to compare the two, but the fact that the coaches are talking to each other, there's a relationship there. And even last year we saw a lot that, that uh, Jordan Brady was on the Bucks bench when the herd were at home and not playing. So, yeah, I, I just think that it's a great thing for Milwaukee that this relationship continues to uh, build between the two. Obviously, we expect Bud's going to be here for, for quite a while. So uh, this can only mean good things. Even if this year uh, I don't think that there's a lot of guys on the Bucks roster that you would expect to play for the herd and then come up and, and have a real impact of the Bucks. There's not too many guys. Uh, no, no, certainly no young draft picks that they would look to develop. But again, I think the big thing is that if they can make uh, – players going from the Bucks to the herd, a, a positive thing rather than a negative thing. And I, I think that's a great, uh, a, a great boost for, for the player development at, at the franchise. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, just on that note, um, just sort of something I picked up on uh, in conversation, I'll just say with a, an organizational source, I wouldn't be shocked to see Dante get someone with the herd this year. 
uh, when he's uh, when he's all fit and healthy and everything else. I think uh, that is not out of the question, especially now with the vets like uh, Wesley Matthews and Kyle Korver on the roster. Um, I think he might just end up getting a couple more. I, I don't know if it'll be more significantly more than last year, uh, but I, I do think he'll be down at least a few times to to get some run and get some minutes. And the other thing I picked up, um, this was told to me with much certainty, and we, we hinted about it before, and we pretty much uh, presumed it before, but I can confirm the Bucks are going to have Robin Lopez shooting threes, a lot of threes. That is, without a doubt, without blinking, was told to me, that is most certainly the game plan. He will be doing that. So that's going to be exciting to watch, 48 minutes of Brooke and Robin trading off, launching bombs. I'm, I'm honestly really excited for just that singular aspect alone of the season. Yeah, absolutely, and and I, I think that you know again, as as you sort of said, we we pointed to that was probably going to be the case. Robin obviously has been for a long time a guy that can shoot that that mid range, and and probably you know the issue with a lot of these guys that do have that shooting touch, they just never had the green light. We know that is not a problem uh, playing under Bud, so that's going to be something to watch. That's going to be exciting as well, and probably something we're going to see uh, pretty early in the preseason because. Potentially, uh, some guys on this Bucks roster might uh, play some pretty limited minutes in the preseason because they're going to be playing uh, uh, over the next few weeks. And and uh, with national team uh, play coming right up and the World Cup starting uh, on the first of September in China, the Bucks are going to have Chris Middleton and Brook Lopez playing for Team USA, Giannis and Thanasis for Greece, Ersan for Turkey. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a busy time for some of the, the really important players for the Bucks. Yeah, it is. And I just want to say that I'm personally excited to see that so many of the Bucks are embracing playing for their respective national teams. I, I don't know about you, and I know this is something that I, I know Team Canada has gone through. Uh, Team Australia usually ends up going through that, you know, you you don't always get the top players, and that is what it is. That's fine. And I think it's maybe a phenomenon that, you know, some of the other nations are more used to just because, I mean, you know, if three of the top five Australian players don't play, that's just such a huge blow because of the limited talent pool, you know. So I guess it's maybe more you're more used to this than I am. But the the absolute number of American players that either didn't consider or were interested and have since pulled out of playing for Team USA has been so utterly disappointing to me. I think it's great that, you know, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and at this rate, hell, maybe uh, Pat C is going to end up on the team as well. But uh, it's just such a bummer to me that there's so few players, especially some of the younger guys who have a chance to really ingrain themselves in Team USA and build these relationships that, you know, not many not many players taking advantage of the opportunity. But I guess, you know, the bright side is Chris Middleton is going to be a, a featured player on the team, as is Brooke Lopez this year. Yeah, both guys, uh, you know, potentially starters uh, for Team USA. I think there's some talk that potentially, uh, you know, maybe a Jason Tatum might start ahead of Milton. I, I sort of doubt that just from watching the, a couple of scrimmages that we've seen streams of uh, and certainly from, from speaking uh, to Pop through last season about Chris. They obviously really, really, really love him. So, uh, and then when you think about Brook Lopez with the shooting he can bring and the defense, uh, the, the Team USA is a little short on big guys. Miles Turner obviously is there. He's a guy that, that could start. Uh, but then after that, you're looking at uh, Mason Plumley. So uh, I, I think it's, yeah, it's going to be out of probably Tatum and Middleton to start and then also Lopez and, and Plumley there as, as things, you know, 
progress for for Team USA. But I, I sort of agree with you, and and I don't I don't really. It, it doesn't bother me if guys don't want to play. Like I, I think that that is clearly their right, and I, I think the interesting thing with this uh, FIBA scheduling is that it, it you, these guys, if they do play in the World Cup, you're going to play in the World Cup, you're going to go straight into the NBA regular season, then you're going to go directly into the Olympics, which are July next year. So uh, I think for a lot of guys, they're probably thinking, well, I mean, am I giving up two, uh, two off-seasons to, to play – basketball essentially you know 18 months straight maybe not um and, and i think in general uh guys would probably uh prefer to play and you know, particularly team usa because they expect that they're going to win a gold medal so they probably would rather win a gold medal at the olympics than they would the world cup but uh on the other foot i'm certainly never someone who uh would be disappointed about Giannis playing for Greece or, or you know, Ersan for Turkey or Chris Milton for Team USA because uh, I don't think that it's you, you can take the right away of these guys to want to play for their country. Uh, I know, again, Mr. Chris has spoke about the Team USA experience last uh, summer uh, all year, all season long. He talked about how great that experience is, well, how, how important it would be for him to play for Team USA. So I just don't think you can take that away. And there's always going to be some concern uh, of injuries. That, that's always going to be something you're going to be worried about. But the, the one thing that I just can't, uh, you know, not think about is for someone like Chris Middleton, if you want to say to him, uh, I don't think you should play for Team USA because, you you know, you could possibly get injured playing basketball. And then he's probably going to turn around to you and say, yeah, well, I was, I was practicing uh, a couple of years ago and I was working out to play. I wasn't playing in games and I tore my hamstring off the bone and missed the whole NBA season anyway. So, like, in, injuries can happen uh, at any point. Uh, unfortunately, it's just a little bit more in front of the public eye when, when uh, you know, obviously really horrible incidents like the uh, like the Paul George one happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I couldn't agree more on the injury front, uh, especially Chris is a great example there. I mean, players can get hurt doing literally anything. Um, I don't know how NFL-facing you are, but Antonio Brown with one of the more bizarre sports injuries of all time pretty recently from trying to do cryotherapy and, and failing. Um, but uh, my bigger concern right now, and I don't say this seriously, I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to say that Chris shouldn't play on the national team or anything like that, but I am more than, more than like jokingly concerned that Team USA will not win a gold medal. And I am a little worried about the blowback against anyone who's on that team if that were to happen. And I know people are going to say, like, what are you talking about? They always win a gold medal. This team has. Two All Stars, I think Chris and uh, Chris and uh, Kemba Walker, and yeah, I think that, that's all that's left. And I know Kyle Lowry pulled out, so yeah, I think that might might be all that's left over. Yeah, and they just—I mean, I don't—I don't take this too seriously. They did just lose to the select team, a bunch of G League and overseas guys in a scrimmage. The closing lineup there interests me because it was Kemba, Donovan Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, PJ Tucker, and Brooke Lopez. No idea why Chris wasn't. There, I certainly don't think there's any argument that Harrison Barnes should play over Chris Middleton, but Steve Kerr is an assistant coach on this team, so who knows. But anyway, all that aside, um, folks, that Serbia team is going to be pretty good with uh, Nikola Jokic and Bogdan Bogdanovic and Milos Teodosic. I mean, there's there's some real teams out there, and they're not going to get encountered in the group stage. Team USA's group is very, very light. But once that tournament starts, I mean, Spain's always risky with Ricky Rubio, Mark Gasol there. A lot of these teams, they have more chemistry than Team USA is going to have because this is basically a whole new group playing together for Team USA. 
Do you, am I being ridiculous, or is there a more than zero chance that USA could not gold in this FIBA World Cup? Well, I think they're still going to gold, and and I, I you know, you, you touched on some of the teams and that are going to be a challenge, and and there's going to be a bunch that are they're really good, and I think this is outside of this World Cup. Um, you know, I think as as time goes on, there's going to be more of a challenge with uh, with four Team USA for these for these gold medals. Um, I do. I still just look at the roster though, and I say, well, they still are the only nation, regardless of what we think of these players or the caliber of the squad compared to past uh, squads and 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 some of the names you see on there. Uh, they still are the only nation with with a team full of NBA players, and yeah. uh, I, I think that. Uh, talent-wise, there's across the board. If you look at man uh, player one through player twelve, uh, they've still got the most talent across the board. But certainly, uh, they may struggle in close games uh, if they they don't have that one superstar, which some of these other other nations do have. And certainly, uh, I'm I'm looking at at Serbia, obviously, who who is going to be a big uh, a big uh, challenger with uh, with Nikola Jokic. So uh, I don't know; it's going to be interesting, but it's kind of going to be fun. And they do yet. I've actually just got an email now, so they are touching down in Australia this weekend, so just a couple of days away uh, from getting over here, and uh, they're going to come up against a pretty strong Australian team. No Ben Simmons, uh, no Thon Maker, a couple of other players are out as well. Dante Exum is not playing, but uh, still a pretty strong Australian team. So I, I, I read on Twitter today that the uh, Team USA got blown out by a uh, G League uh, select team. Former Wisconsin herd standout Travis Trice, baby. Travis Trice, I did see that he played. So they got blown out by, by the G League All-Stars there. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see where they're at uh, in terms of their preparation. Um, it's you know one of the challenges with these national teams is that they, you don't get a lot of time to get used to playing with each other. So uh, it's I'm, I'm interested. I'm very interested to see how this, how this plays out. I actually think Kyle Lowry is a sneaky huge loss because I think Lowry would have been a great starting point guard if you wanted to go like, Oh, I, I think Fox is the best overall player, but like fit, fitting together players like Lowry, one of Fox or Mitchell, Middleton, PJ Tucker, Brooke Lopez, I really like that lineup going both ways. And I just think now, um, you know, Marcus Smart is still around, but I don't think he's actually going to play. Yeah. I think he is banged up with a hand injury. So now you really look at those point guards. Fox is okay. Kemba Walker, not much of a defender. And, you know, in the World Cup, you don't really need a lockdown defender, but it does trouble me a little bit that that point guard spot now is not going to be a, a defensive first spot about, no matter who's in. It's not really going to be a, a distributor spot, just a lot of guys who can create their own looks there, which works but hasn't always been a winning formula in these international tournaments. Yeah, I, uh, there is certainly a, a lack of experience and, and certainly a, a, a lot of unfamiliarity with, with, with this team. I will say it is almost going to be the Boston Celtics uh, out there at, at yeah. some point with, with Campbell Walker, Tatum, Jalen Brown. Uh, and there was, one other, there was one other there that were playing from the Celtics as well. But, yeah, it's um, it's uh, again, yeah, they are shorthanded in a lot of places. And Kyle Lowry with that red thumb, I, I didn't really think that he was ever a chance to play. But, look, uh, for Team USA, for those that are interested in when they are going to be playing, they are playing two games in Melbourne next uh, week against Australia. That is going to be 
Thursday and Saturday local time. So that'll be a, a Wednesday night and Friday night game. Back there for Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. Uh, so I'll be hanging around. And uh, Eric Name is also coming over. He he, he didn't actually realize that these uh, games are on. And it's my birthday next week. So he was coming to just hang out with me uh, for a few days. <laughs> and I told him, I told him there was a couple of basketball games on. So we'll be hanging out out here with uh, with Chris and Brooke and, and hopefully uh, bring in some good coverage. Sounds sounds awesome. I can't wait for it. One weird random note here. Well, the Bucks have some weird numbers on this team. Have you looked at this at all? Uh, for the Team USA? Yeah. No, I, I have not. Brooke is wearing number 49 and Chris is wearing number 57. I did see they were wearing those in the scrimmage yellow though. It was kind of throwing me off, but I didn't know whether that was going to be their official World Cup number. The well, players are fine numbers. That's what, I'm really curious now because a couple of guys have decent numbers. Darren Fox is 20. That's pretty good. Harrison Barnes is 24. Kuzma's 21. But then you have like Mitchell got stuck with 53. PJ Tucker is 44. Miles Turner, 56. Derek White, 46. Also, Derek White is awesome. I'm excited to watch him here. But um, – Weird numbers. Weird numbers on Team USA. I don't know if those are final or just like assigned for now. I, it's, I, I'm curious to see how that works. Like, does like LeBron and Melo like have staked out numbers still from when they played, like in case they were to come back? I have so many questions about the numbers. When you guys are there, I, I need you guys to find somebody with Team USA and answer this numbers question for me because now I'm really uh, curious. I can definitely chase down the numbers thing, and I'm already annoyed about it because every single one of those players has a lower number than Chris Milton, which is um, just ridiculous anyway. But, uh, you know, I will chase out that uh, uh, that, that story with the numbers. But, uh, again, uh, like I said, uh, for those that are craving some Giannis highlights, you can find some of them floating around on the internet for some of the exhibition games he's been playing. But uh, I think Greece is going to be a fun team to watch as well. So uh, for those that are... Missing basketball as much as uh, most of us are, Bucks basketball in particular. Uh, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. But me and you will certainly chat uh, through all this. Uh, as I said, a couple of games next week uh, for some of the Bucks players. So we'll certainly be talking and, and recapping those and, and probably giving you some stories from the guys hanging around, hanging out in Australia. So uh, I think that I didn't think we've got a lot more. I think we've covered everything we possibly could have uh, for, for this point in, in August. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think we just about uh, summed it up for now. I think this is a pretty pretty beefy podcast for it being in August. So I, I don't think uh, I don't think we've got anything left for the moment. Well, you know, we, we had a bit of a break, as we said. So uh, it was first of all, it was good to have you back, and uh, we will have to catch up uh, next week sometime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.